Welcome to a special AAEP Convention edition of Equimanagement's podcast, Disease Du Jour, brought to you by Decra Veterinary Products. I'm your host, Kim Brown, publisher of Equimanagement. Today's guest is Steve O'Grady, DVM, MRCVS, and a farrier with 40 years of experience who owns Virginia Therapeutic Farriery. Dr. O'Grady today will discuss lameness in the equine foot. Dr. O'Grady worked as a professional farrier for a decade prior to obtaining his degree in veterinary medicine. His mentor was Hall of Fame farrier Joseph M. Pierce of Westchester, Pennsylvania. Dr. O'Grady attended Haverford College and went on to graduate from the University of Pretoria Faculty of Veterinary Science in South Africa with a DVM degree in 1981. Dr. O'Grady then completed an equine internship at Cape Town, South Africa. After returning to the United States, he worked in Virginia with Dr. Dan Flynn at Georgetown Equine Hospital in Charlottesville for 10 years. In 2003, Dr. O'Grady opened Northern Virginia Equine in Marshall, Virginia, which was devoted to foot disease and equine therapeutic farriery. Dr. O'Grady's current practice is called Virginia Therapeutic Farriery, which is a referral practice that provides advanced services in equine podiatry. The facility is located in Keswick, Virginia. Dr. O'Grady also sees referral patients at Georgetown Equine Hospital in Virginia and Palm Beach Equine Clinic in Wellington, Florida. Dr. O'Grady's practice offers comprehensive diagnosis, treatment, and maintenance for a variety of foot conditions, combining medical therapy as well as therapeutic shoeing. Dr. O'Grady's 40 years of farrier experience, combined with his veterinary work, allows him to use the basic principles of farriery combined with advanced technologies to treat foot problems. Dr. O'Grady has published 33 peer-reviewed articles, numerous papers in the farrier literature, written 17 book chapters, and edited two editions of Veterinary Clinics of North America on equine podiatry and therapeutic farriery. In 2003, Dr. O'Grady was inducted into the International Equine Veterinarians Hall of Fame, and in 2009, he received the AAEP President's Award for his work in farrier education. In 2019, he was awarded the coveted gold medal from the South Africa Veterinary Association. Thank you, Dr. O'Grady, for joining us today on Disease Du Jour to talk about lameness in the equine foot. Kim, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Okay, so let's jump right in. So what are some of the most common issues that veterinarians face when they're called out to see a lame horse? Um, that's a good question, and uh, I, we could probably go on for a long time uh, with different points, but uh, a couple of them off the top of my head would be it's so important to get a really good history on the horse, uh, and this is really going to add to the lameness exam, but I think we're going to discuss that in a little bit more detail uh, as we go on. Secondly, the discipline of the horse that you're looking at, uh, is it a horse that is uh, a, pa- a horse that lives in the pasture, or is it a trail riding horse, or is it a broodmare, or is it uh, you know, an upper level competition horse, you're going to have a little bit more idea what kind of a lameness you're going to be dealing with. For example, a horse in a pasture would probably uh, might have a routine abscess where a competition horse will have a chronic ongoing lameness. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's important. Okay. Um, when you're dealing with, with, when you're going to see a lameness case, 
in my opinion, it's very important to know whether the horse has been treated with any medication or whether it's on medication. And sometimes uh, this might be a little bit vague, whether when you're looking at horses that, uh, you know, the upper level competition horses, or if you're dealing with somebody other than the owner of the horse, in other words, a trainer, um, it, it's, uh, it's going to give you a little bit more idea of the lameness of the horse if you know it's free of medication. Um, one of the things that always uh, comes into a lameness exam from clients, whether they're you know just a backyard client or whether it's it's a, a, a large competition bar, what is it going to cost? And this is very very hard to estimate because you know uh, it might be a lameness that takes you a very short time to diagnose and, and treat, or it might be a lameness that is more extensive where you do an examination, where you do uh, diagnostic nerve blocks, go on and do a lot of imaging where you can run up uh, you know, quite a large uh, bill. Dr. O'Grady, when you are looking at horses, uh, tell me a little bit about the importance of your surroundings and the environment when you're doing your your lameness exam. Uh, I think this is quite important. You really need the proper conditions, or a better word would be the environment. In other words, if it's hot, if it's cold, whatever, that you have a nice place to work where you can relax, where the horse can relax, the handler can relax. I think this is this is quite important. Uh, if you're going to do a flexion test, or if you're going to do diagnostic nerve blocks. Uh, some of these are a little uncomfortable for the horse, so I think a good handler is really important. And above all is having a good surface to to work this horse on. In other words, uh, a, a hard, firm surface so he can be walked and trot where you can see his feet, where you can uh, uh, where it's not soft or it's not too hard, but a place where you can get a really good um, idea of how lame the horse is. And you had mentioned earlier that history was very important to a lameness diagnosis. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, I think that it, I can't stress how important it is, in other words, to, in other words, what has happened in the horse's, uh, you know, either, you know, distant past or especially in his recent past, okay? Um, uh, <laughs> when was this lameness first noticed? And when it was first noticed, was this something very gradual or was it something uh, quite acute? Um, does it get better with rest? If you rest a horse for a day or so, does it make a lot of difference to the horse. Uh, what happens when you give the horse uh, medication? Does that help the horse, or does it does it does it not make much difference, or just a little bit of difference? Uh, when the horse is ridden, it's very important to understand: Does the horse warm out of it once? you start riding him. In other words, he comes out a little stiff or he comes out a little lame, and as you start to warm up, uh, the, the the lameness kind of resolves. I think these things are, are quite important. Uh, uh, what kind of surface does it happen on? Uh, is it happen on just a hard surface? Does it happen when uh, uh, when it's when it's on a on a on a, a soft surface? Uh, I think all these things come in, come into play and. Um, again, does it happen more? Can you see it on uh, when you're jogging the horse in hand, or does it have to have a 
rider on its back with more weight for the lameness to become uh, obvious, or uh, is it more pronounced in circles? All these things play a big role as far as the history goes. And in the past, you and I have talked about confirmation. So can you say why you think it's so important for vets and farriers to use confirmation in their lameness diagnoses? Sure. Um, I think if we start thinking about what causes lameness or what causes the inflammatory process or the pain, we know that it is exor excess load or excess stress uh, on a certain structure or, or structures or section of the horse's foot that happens with repetitive, continuous overload. This is something that happens over time. So if we consider the, that aspect of it, then we would have to consider the horse's foot conformation. For example, the ones that we encounter most is a horse with a long toe, low heel, a horse with a club foot, a horse with sheared heels, mismatched feet, etc. For example, we know if we have a horse with a long toe, we have a lot of leverage up front. Therefore, we're putting more stress or more load on the uh, dorsal or the front section of the horse's foot. If we have a horse with a very low heel, we know we've lost sur surface area there. We don't have good integrity of the structures. Therefore, that area is, is getting stressed over time, and all these things lead to disease. Another good example would be the horse with a club foot. With that upright foot, you're putting all the load on the front part of the of the distal phalanx or the front part of the hoof capsule. Therefore, over time, you're overloading this section of the foot. Sheared heels is another example where the asymmetric landing that you see or accompany sheared heels, you're going to be contacting on one side of the foot, and then you're going to be loading the other side of the foot when that uh, when that uh, bears weight on the ground. So I think all these things are important as to think about what causes lameness and the foot conformation that uh, contributes to this problem or this uh, continued overloading of structures. Now we have a short word from our sponsor before we continue our interview. DECRA Veterinary Products is the U.S. Sales and Marketing Division of DECRA Pharmaceuticals PLC, a U.K.-listed company dedicated to the animal health care market. DECRA sells and markets OSFOS, the only intramuscular bisphosphonate indicated to help control the clinical signs associated with navicular syndrome in horses four years and older. DECRA was first to bring IRAP to the U.S. regenerative market in two sizes for easy processing. These products include Orthokine Vet IRAP 10 and Orthokine Vet IRAP 60, as well as their double-spin, high-platelet-rendering PRP kit, Osteokine. Other DECRA products include Equidone Gel for fescue toxicosis and periparturant mares, the Vetivex line of IV fluids, and their equine joint supplements, Phycox-EQ and EQ-Max. You've said in the past, Dr. O'Grady, that more than 70% of forelimb lamenesses affect the foot. So what is your system for working up a lameness of the foot? Uh, 
another good question and we could make a we could make a complete podcast out of this but again i think it it's very very important to get a good detailed history and this is where 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 we start and a lot of times you'll have the owner or the trainer will say well we'll have the horses lame on the left forefoot and you take all these things into consideration but you have it in the back of your mind but you want to make your own diagnosis so the a routine lameness exam is starting with looking at the horse walk out of the stall does he come out out stiff does he walk right out is he reluctant to come out what happens when he goes from soft bedding to to a hard surface second thing is to as we talked about earlier to have a good appreciation of the conformation of the horse's foot it only takes a minute to walk around the horse and look at the conformation of his foot from the side the front and get down be and look be underneath his tail from from the uh, back to the palmer or plantar section of the horse's foot and look at the height or the condition of his heels taking the horse before you even start your lameness exam and just walking the animal up and down an aisle to see how the foot falls in other words does he land heel first and flip his toe down does he land on his toe or does he land markedly uh, asymmetric one of the things i think we forget sometimes is and it's so important is the digital pulse because if you have inflammation in a horse's foot and or infection you're going to have a digital pulse taking some time to uh to feel to evaluate the digital pulse i think is 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 really important the next point of it is once you've evaluated the foot you've looked at the digital digital uh or you you felt the digital pulse is the hoof tester examination and the hoof tester examination can be so relevant we probably don't spend enough time on it and a systematic hoof tester examination on each foot is really important in other words don't just go ahead and, and see one area it might be red and you put pressure on it and the horse you know shows discomfort well that's the area do a systematic examination on each foot in other words starting at the heel and working your way to the other heel and through the uh, inner structures and look for a pain response the second thing is that look at your hoof testers as a device to tell you about the structures of the horse's foot in other words when you put pressure on a heel or you put pressure on the sole uh, does that area of the hoof capsule deform for a good example, if you put hoof testers on the dorsal sole, the, the sole in front of the uh, apex of the frog, and you put pressure there, and that sole deforms, it's right away it's telling you that you have less than 15 millimeters of sole there, in other words, sole thickness. The next part of the examination will be watching the horse move and whether you watch it uh in just on the aisle or whether you need to take it outside and work the horse uh you know on a hard surface by trotting it or working in a in, in a uh circle to see the lameness or sometimes you have to put a rider on it put weight on his back to see that uh uh to see the lameness 
So uh, once you have have noticed the lameness, then uh, I don't pay a lot of as much attention as some people to flexion tests. But again, uh, it is in the literature people expect it. So I will go ahead and I'll I'll flex the 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 limb that's affected, and I'll use usually use the other side as a control as well. Um, I'm kind of a big guy. I can flex it uh, pretty hard, so uh, a lot of horses will will give uh, will will show a so-called positive test, and uh, it's going to be really hard to in, to interpret it for you. Uh, uh, once you've established the lame leg, uh, again, uh, if you have not found anything on your hoof testers, if you have not found anything on your visual visually uh, examination, the next part would be to look at the, uh, uh, your diagnostic anesthesia. And here I do it a little bit differently. I use very small amounts and um, really, uh, I, I really want to put it in a, in a certain spot. And what's interesting in every horse I do, if I want to start at the foot, I start with the lowest block that you can do the posterior digital um, Palmer digital nerve block and I always start on just one side of the horse's foot because you can anesthetize one side and watch the horse go and then come back to the other side once I have it once I have or if I have uh, localized the area to a section section of the horse's foot then obviously we're going to go further and, and uh, uh, if it's not something that, that is, is really explicit, uh, we're going to go on to do some, uh, some kind of diagnostic imaging. And you and I have talked about this before and it's, it's important to have a good farrier working with a veterinarian in order to, you know, make sure that you're giving the horse the support and the treatment that it needs. But can you talk a little bit about applying good farriery versus applying an appliance or a, a special shoe to help a lame horse? Absolutely. I think this, is, again, is, is important uh, because if you have a lame horse or a chronically lame horse, especially a competition horse, uh, generally farriery is going to become part of your treatment. And in a lot of cases, if the uh, lameness is confined to the hoof capsule or, you know, those, those structures, uh, farriery can, can uh, uh, form the whole, uh, the whole, your, your entire treatment along with sometimes a little bit of uh, analgesia. Uh, what, what I think is important here is for both veterinarians and farriers, farriers to have a good knowledge of good basic farriery. And what I mean by this is learning how the, the structures of the foot, biomechanics, and how you apply good farriery. And the farriery starts with a good trim. Trimming is farriery. Farriery is trimming. And once you have trimmed the foot appropriately, which I'll, I'll touch on in, in a minute, once you've trim the foot appropriately, you want to have a shoe that is of the appropriate size and you want to have it placed in the proper, uh, in the proper place on the hoof capsule. These three points, trimming, 
size of the shoe and placement of the shoe cannot be overemphasized. Um, the way we generally start with the horse's foot, we use guidelines, and I'll use the main one we use. We look at the horse's uh, bottom of the horse's foot, and you can measure the widest part of the foot, and or the widest part between white line to white line on either side, whichever one of those terms you want to use, but that that puts you pretty much uh, in the area you want to be. And why do I want to use the widest part of the foot? Because we've shown that it is generally in 90% of the cases, it's going to be five to eight millimeters in front of the center of rotation. And the center of rotation is the beginning of our where we where we start our trim. It is the beginning of applying the appropriate biomechanics. Because what we want to do is if we draw a line across the widest part of the horse's foot, then we trim the heels of the hoof capsule back to the base of the frog and or until the hoof wall and the frog are on the same plane. Why do I emphasize this? Because I want to have everything on the same plane because I want to have the ground surface back to the base of the frog. I want to have the hoof wall to accept weight. I want to have the frog to absorb concussion. And I want that whole section to uh, share the weight bearing uh, uh, ability of that, horse, of that horse's foot. Uh, and if you trim the, the heels to the base of the frog or include the frog, you are keeping the soft tissue structures within the hoof capsule, which is so important. Now, once we have drawn a line across the widest part of the foot, we have trimmed the heels to the base of the frog, we take the distance from the widest part of the foot to the base of the frog, turn it around, and we want to have that same proportion from the widest part of the foot to the perimeter of the toe, the perimeter of the hoof capsule. In other words, to, to boil it down, we want to have approximate proportions on either side of the widest part of the horse's foot. By creating this, these two distances, what we want to do is have approximate distances on either side of the center of rotation. And by doing this, trimming the hoof in this manner, what we are doing is we are creating a biomechanically efficient foot. And Dr. O'Grady, is there any other um, tips or recommendations you would make for when you're talking to vets and farriers about lameness in the foot? Yeah. Well, again, being a farrier, um, I'm a little biased, and I think that the majority of foot lamenesses are going to be correlated to farriery some way or another, uh, whether it's a cause or whether it contributes to it, or and we know it forms part of the treatment. So, you know, one of the biggest, uh, the best advice I can give is for both professions to to understand the anatomy of the horse's foot and how it works. And I can't emphasize how important biomechanics are because any time you have a hoof capsule distortion, uh, any one of the ones we mentioned, it's going to have biomechanics are going to play a part there because you're going to have different forces and excess forces uh, uh, in different areas. And an understanding of biomechanics allows you to address that. 
Uh, number three is knowing good basic firing. And unfortunately, uh, the way it stands in this country today, we don't have a good standardization for firing. In other words, there are so many thoughts, theories, uh, procedures, etc., rather than going back and using the anatomy of the horse's foot, which is factual, and the biomechanics, again, uh, that are factual. And if you have this, the good basic firing knowledge and skills, then you can you can use the first two to to consistently perform uh, good firing or beneficial firing or use firing as a treatment, uh, which is uh, always helpful in lameness. Well, thank you, Dr. O'Grady, for joining us on Equimanagement's Disease Du Jour for this special AAEP podcast brought to you by DECRA. And thank you for listening to our podcast. You can hear previous and future episodes of Disease Du Jour on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. We hope you'll join us for a future edition of Disease Du Jour.